0: back to check the locks presents true crime for the short on time as always i'm john connor
1: i'm olivia cornu
0: Same. thank you for joining us this week as we dive into yet another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case before we get started olivia it is 11 44 we are gonna hit the midnight hour how are you doing you've got your blanket over your shoulders you're gonna make it for this short on time episode
1: Yeah, well, this week I'm at my parents' house, so I don't have my lumberjack coat, so I'm opting for my little blanket shawl. For whatever reason, I'm always so cold
0: when we record the podcast,
1: and I think as it gets later, I get colder, but I'm hanging
0: in there. I do love that you always have your lumberjack because it's like two lumberjacks recording a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
1: Well, now I've just left it on the back of my chair. So like when I just go in there, I just put on my lumberjack because I don't need it right now on my day to day because it's 115 degrees outside. But it's cold in my room when we record the podcast.
0: I'm like, did you guys know I do a uh, true crime podcast with this girl who was in Pearl Jam back in 97? (laughs) She's got her Seattle flannel on.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's my Costco flannel. Don't hate my Costco shacket.
0: Nothing wrong with it. Costco has got good flannels. I remember drinking Costco beer. It was pretty good back in the day. Nothing wrong with it.
1: Listen, most of my wardrobe is either from Costco or Sam's. I am that person now.
0: <laughs> you just, just wear Crocs all day with your Sam's I mean, club?
1: don't hate on my Crocs. I got my purple Crocs on right now. They came with me, just not my lumber jacket.
0: So fun fact, I don't know if you've looked into this, but Crocs actually makes shoes that don't look like Crocs but they have the same, like, inside, like, the same comfort, but you can get them that look like skate shoes. You, they're, you can get hmm. some upscaled Crocs. So, like, you'd be comfort, but low-key.
1: I think I just need to put some charms on my Crocs. <laughs> you
0: want to put charms on your Crocs?
1: I don't have any charms, but I might as well. But actually, Ellie would probably eat them because she attacks my Crocs, so she'd probably eat the charms. But we're getting really sidetracked, and we're short on time. This is another story for a longer episode.
0: My wife bought me a pair of Crocs as like water shoes from when we went camping. And I was like, I can't wear these. I can't
1: do it. <laughs> my mom looked at them yesterday and was like, Those don't hurt your back. I'm like, No, that's why I wear them because they're comfortable. They're not a stylish shoe.
0: But one of I like my, f- my Crocs. favorite lines in any movie ever is this movie, The Campaign, with Zach Galifianakis and Will Ferrell. And Zach Galifianakis is like, dad are you still upset that i wore crocs to mom's funeral she wouldn't (laughs) wanted me to be comfortable it's just every time it gets me so so good but yes you are right i'm sorry about the tangent about the crocs you are right this is a short on time episode we could talk about shoes some other time this week is my week i know you're short on time i'm short on time the listeners are like crocs really
1: my crocs are short on time
0: yeah Like we've hit the point in this podcast where we're spending three minutes on cracks. So (laughs) I digress. This week is my week. I know you don't usually look at my notes because you like to be surprised, but I didn't know if you got a chance to like take a peek. Does this look like anything familiar to you? Anything of that nature?
1: Well, I read the first two names and it doesn't sound familiar, but no, I didn't read your notes. You know, I don't read your notes.
0: I know. I know. You like to be surprised. I
1: do. I like to follow along.
0: Well, what do you say? Again, this is a short on time episode. It is incredibly late. Should we just jump into it and, uh, and see what you think, see what the listeners think? I'm excited to hear and you know see if you guys found this case as interesting as I did.
1: Yeah, my are ready for bed, so why don't you get started, John?
0: All righty. Well, in November of 2018, 46-year-old Gail Clevinger was reported missing by her family. According to her son, 15-year-old Gregory Ramos, he had arrived home from school to find the house in disarray. It looked as if a burglary had taken place, and Ramos said that he had found his mother's van running in the driveway, but there was no sign of Gail. Now, his stepfather was out of town, so Gregory immediately called 911 to report the burglary, and police set out to find the missing woman. But as the police began their investigation, something just didn't seem right, and Gregory's story didn't seem to add up. And when they kept pushing, Gregory made a startling confession. According to the 15 year old, on November 2nd, he and his mother had gotten into an argument over his grades, specifically a D that he was getting in a particular subject. The argument grew to be quite loud and heated, and at some point, the pair seemed to cool off. But then, at around midnight, Gregory Ramos attacked his mother as she slept, and it was then that he strangled her to death with his bare hands. Gregory then shared another shocking detail. It took 30 minutes to complete the task. Then the boy loaded his mother's body into a wheelbarrow. Gregory knew he had to dispose of the body, but he didn't think he could do it alone. So it was then that he called two of his friends for assistance, Dylan Keglerek and Brian Perez, both 17 years old. Now, when the boys arrived, they helped Gregory load his mother's body into her van. They then drove to a nearby church and buried Gail under a fire pit in the back. When they were finished, they headed back to the Clevenger home and staged the scene to look like a burglary. So I wanted to ask you, Olivia, going through it, because when I first started researching this case and the disappearance of this woman, this was not what I was expecting to have happened. And I can tell you, I have had a lot of arguments with my mother about bad grades in my life, but I would never think of hurting my mother because of that. So I'm just wondering like what you're thinking as we're going through, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, you can't hurt your mom because she's trying to parent you to be a good kid and a good student. But my biggest confusion of this whole case is, how are you just going to call your friends and say, hey dudes, I killed my mom, can you come help me dispose of her body? Uh, no.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it reminded me of the Michigan Thrill Kill case, because I don't know if you remember, but uh Jean-Pierre Orlowitz, you know, in that case, he and Alex Leckman had murdered Daniel Sorensen in their garage. And then he called up a friend to come help him load it up. And the friend showed up.
1: Yeah. Like, no big deal. No. Mm-mm.
0: It didn't really specify, but I don't know if it's a case of like, hey, come over here. I need your help with something. I'll tell you when you get here. Or if it's like, hey, I killed my mom. Come help me load this body.
1: Yeah. And then if it is the case where they're like luring you in because they don't tell you what's happening and then they threaten to kill you when you show up like, yeah, I get that. But at the same time, like after the fact, go to the police, the police will protect you
0: a million percent. And I think the other thing that really when you think about it and you break it down, right, it took Gregory Ramos 30 minutes to strangle his mother to death,
1: which means she fought back,
0: which means she fought back. But still, like 30 minutes, that's a long time you know Mm -hmm. what I mean the way I was thinking about it was like hold your breath for a minute you know what I mean yeah I can't either you know that's like watching an episode of the office or you know whatever that's a long time to Mm -hmm. be manually trying to strangle someone to death that's insane Mm -hmm. so I just you know I was just thinking of like what was possibly going through her head in that 30 minute window you know Now, after hearing the confession, Sheriff Mike Chitwood said Ramos was one of the top three sociopaths that he had ever encountered, and he went on to call the boy soulless, saying to watch how cold and callous and calculating he was, I think was probably the most shocking thing for all of us, Chitwood said. No sign of remorse whatsoever. But according to Gregory, killing his mother was a preemptive strike. He told police that if he didn't kill her, he believed that she would have killed him. Now, investigators looked into this, any histories of domestic violence, anything of that nature, anything to substantiate this claim. However, they found no evidence to suggest any kind of abuse inside the home. Now, at this point, all three boys were taken into custody. Keglerek and Porres were both charged with accessory after the fact to first-degree murder, and they were ordered by a judge to supervised home detention. Gregory Ramos faced a first-degree murder charge. Now, because of his age, prosecutors were unsure if he would be tried as an adult or a juvenile. Dylan Keglerek had his day in court in February of 2021. He expressed remorse for what he had done and asked the family for forgiveness. Now 19 years old, Keglerek was sentenced to a decade of probation. Brian Porras was sentenced in July 2022. He was given 14 years probation and ordered to spend the first 364 days of his sentence in jail. As for Gregory Ramos, he was able to strike a plea deal with prosecutors. And in January of 2022, at now 17 years old, Ramos was sentenced to 45 years for the first degree murder of his mother. During his sentence, Ramos said, because of my actions, I will never get to truly know my mom. Not only have I stolen my mother from myself, but I have stolen her from everybody else as well. From my stepfather, I took his other half. From my aunts and uncles, I took a sister and a lifelong friend. From my grandmother, a daughter. I have done an irreversible harm to the world and them. Why did this happen? Why would I have done this? I refuse to make excuses for myself. I can only plead for forgiveness. So that's this week's case. Short, very twisted. What do you think? Where are you at?
1: It's devastating that he killed his mother, and it's even worse that he dragged his friends into this. But to hear that uh, Sheriff Chitwood called him like the top three sociopaths, and then to hear what Ramo said at the end during his sentencing, I almost feel like he has some guilt and remorse for what he did.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think where it gets a little bit tricky is, you know, at 15, don't always understand the gravity of your actions, right? We've done enough of these episodes where it is kids who are 15, 16, 17, and they make a decision that ultimately ruins the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if he was a sociopath or if at 15 he seemed cold and callous because he just didn't understand the gravity. Right. And once you're in a prison cell, you have time to think about what happened. I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a harsh thing to say to a 15-year-old.
1: Yeah, but he's also a 15-year-old who killed his mom. I I can see, I don't know. I could go both ways on it, but I feel like he has remorse. I feel like he is understanding what he did, and I feel like he feels awful. and He realizes, I took my own mother. I took my stepfather's wife. I took a sister away, a friend, like a daughter. So I feel like he's understanding the severity of what he has done.
0: No, a, a million percent. And I definitely don't want to, like, make it sound like I'm like, oh, he was 15.
1: No, I mean, I think he probably could have some issues and he could have some tendencies to be some sort of something isn't quite right, right if you kill your mother.
0: Yeah. And again, I definitely think what he did was terrible. I'm sure that for people in his family, it's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. I just, like you said, I think specifically around the, the comments from the sheriff. You know, it kind of makes me think of, halloween like the halloween movies a little bit like michael myers he was just born pure evil you know there was evil in his eyes where it's like he did a terrible thing and what could be called an evil thing but again you know your your brain doesn't develop until you're 25 years old you make stupid decisions and you don't understand the the weight and unfortunately this one cost somebody's life so but i'm definitely with you i think he's remorseful i think the sentence fits the crime and at 17 and getting 45 years, maybe having the possibility to parole, like he still has a chance to have some life left and, you know, hopefully he'll make the the best of it and try to make up for what he did. You know,
1: maybe this will be one of our cases where something good comes out of it. You know, like he is one of those people that actually do well and thrive in prison and come out, not of the system, but we'll just have to see. But it was a good case.
0: Yeah, well, if we're talking about Deadbolt test, because I can tell you, I already got my answer locked in. But if we're talking about Deadbolt test, what do you think? Where are you putting it? Where's this fall?
1: I'm going to put it at a seven because anybody who strangles their mother for 30 minutes, that's scary. That's scary to me.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Between Monday's episode and this episode, maybe I'm feeling a little extra sensitive this week. Mm -hmm. For me, this is a 10 across the board. I know. I know. And but this is what it is. It is the idea of being a parent and you were sleeping in your bed and all of a sudden you're getting attacked and someone is choking you and you are watching your child. It's not a short process, 30 minutes of getting strangled and being trying to fight your kid off of you. And like, why are you doing this? The thoughts that must be going through your head. That is absolutely terrifying. Like, I know we did the story. Uh, I'm blanking on the name right now, but the kid who killed his parents and threw a house party.
1: Like Mm -hmm. he hit him in their bedroom.
0: Yeah. He hit him in their bedroom. But if I remember correctly, like he hit one of them in the head with a mallet and it was like over not saying I want my kid to kill me at all. But if I was going to be killed by my child, take me out. Yeah. I don't want to like sit there and have the crisis. And for 30 minutes of being like, I love you. I brought you into this world. I care about you more than anything. Why are you doing this? That sounds like a, a night terror of like a nightmare that I would have. And I'm not on board. That's a, that's a 10. It's a 10 for me, dog. I'm not doing it. That's terrible.
1: Yeah. I was actually, this is a quick little thing and then we can move on. But you know, me working every other week, I've kind of turned into this uh, daytime TV person. So I kind of watch Dr. Phil every now and then, but I caught the tail end of it the other day. I just kind of turned it on as like mindless TV. And it was a kid who tried to kill his parents over a video game that like, wouldn't let him have a video game or something. And I'm pretty sure that the dad survived, but he's like traumatized because he's like, my kid tried to kill me over me telling him he couldn't have this like gun war video game. That's crazy.
0: Yep. And like, what's sad is that's obviously a symptom of some kind of mental illness, Mm -hmm. you know, and when they're young and like, you know, you do the best you can as a parent, but you know, you just, you know, you don't know like mental illness is mental illness and it doesn't matter if you're a friend or a parent or a stranger, like, in that case now granted i haven't seen this episode so it's all speculation but i would assume that that kid probably had some other things going on that if he wasn't he probably should have been talking to somebody about
1: right right and like i said i caught the tail end but that was the premise of it
0: i'm just saying you don't go from being like hey mom hey dad everything's great to like give me my video game and you know what i mean just there's usually some like buffer warning signs in between there you know well, that is where we fall on the dead bull test for this week's short on time episode. Olivia's putting it at a seven. I'm coming in high, giving it a 10. But as always, we want to know what the locksmith think. Where does the murder of Gail Clevinger by her 15 year old son, Gregory Ramos, fall on your dead bull test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram and check the locks pod. Find us on Twitter at check the locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, what are you doing? Come hang out with us. We would love to get to know you. And as always, if you are interested in financially supporting Check the Locks, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Check the Locks. Get signed up today. We got lots of great benefits, lots of great tiers. We got exclusive stickers, T-shirts, coffee mugs, things that you can only get from being a patron. Plus you get the episodes ad-free and early. So if you love Check the Locks, but you hate commercials, you don't want to wait till Monday, give me that episode on Sunday. Patreon is the place for you. So again, if you like what we do, want to help us keep the lights on head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks get signed up today and if you can't financially support check the locks we definitely understand just listening and sharing the show with your friends and family means just as much if not more so if that is you you're hanging out with us every week you're letting your friends know, hey, I like this podcast. I listened to it. You should check it out. Here's a link. Just know that we appreciate it more than we could tell you. Again, that is how our community is going to grow. That's how we're going to bring new listeners in. That's how we're going to essentially just build our community. So from the bottom of our hearts, if you are sharing what we do with the people that are important to you, just know that we appreciate it more than we could put into words. That is all that we have for this week's case. But please make sure that you are subscribed to Check the Locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode. We will see you again next week with another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. But until then, don't forget to check the (laughs) locks. We'll see you next week.
1: Ciao.
0: Ciao, Bella.